Good evening. Tonight we're learning Masech Esuma Daf Samach Zayin, and as well Daf Samach Ches Amud Aleph. It should be a pretty rapid moving Gemara, even though it's a blot and a half. And we're starting at a fresh Mishnah on the bottom of Samach Vavam and Beis, two lines from the bottom. And now what we're going to talk about is more details about the Seir Hamishtalea. Says the Mishnah Miyakiri Yerushalayim of the great people of the uh, the the uh, highly valued people of Yerushalayim Hayimalavan Osoad Sukkah Harishona. They would walk with the person who was taking the Sir Mishtalech to its death for Kapara, Ad Sukkah Harishona, until the first Sukkah, the first hut. As we will see in a moment, there were a number of huts along the way from the Mikdash until the cliff where the animal was pushed off the cliff. Esser Sukkot Mishalayim Ad Sukh, there were 10 of these types of Sukkot from Mishalayim until Tsuk, until the actual cliff. Says the Gemara on the top of Samach Zayin Amaralaf, the actual measure, Tishim Ris, a Ris is a unit of distance. It was 90 Ris, and there are Sheva Umechza Lekomil, and there are seven and a half reese in every meal. Rashi does the math for us. That is 12 meal in total. They said, if, you're, if things are getting dire for you, there's water and there's food. I mean, there's water and food. It's Yom Kippur. We're going to discuss this in the Gemara. They would walk with him all the way from one sukkah to the next. But at the last one, they would stop. They wouldn't walk with him until the cliff. Ella. They would then watch him from a distance, but they would not go with him from the last of the Sukkos on the pathway until the time that he would do the actual pushing off the cliff. What would he do when he got to that point, when he got to the Tzuk, to the edge of the cliff? Says the Mishnah, seven lines down, he would tear in half, he would tear lengthwise a, uh, a ribbon that was red, and half of it he would tie on a rock, and the other half he would tie uh, so that it would be between the two horns of the animal. And then while the animal was facing backwards, he would shove the animal off because as, if you've ever seen these animals climb, some of these animals are great climbers, even with the smallest. What are those animals called? I can't remember what they have a funny name. Uh, the ones who climb, like sidestepping on these tiny little ledges. So what, what the concern was is that if you push him with his eyes facing forward, Maybe he'll find footing. So you have to take the animal backwards and shove him off that way. Then the animal will go down the cliff and he will uh, and he will fall. He wouldn't even get halfway down the mountain until his body would be crushed uh, into its various limbs. And he would then go to the sukkah in the reverse direction. The first sukkah that he reaches going back and he would stay there until it got dark. At what point would this person's begotten become tame? His begotten would become tame. He's doing this mice of kapara, but his begotten would become tame. That's a machlokas in the tanoim. Shita number one, Tanakama, last line of the Mishnah, ten lines down, When the Mishaleach would go out of the Yerushalayim walking this animal, he would all of a sudden become tame. His begotten would become tame. Masha'in kein Reb Shimon omer mishas latzuk. Uh, Rib Shimon would be the one who uh, Rib Shimon said that he would become Tame only upon the pushing of the animal down the cliff. That brings us to the end of the Gemara and op- uh, end of the Mishnah, opening of the Gemara, about a third of the way down, a quarter of the way down, some of Zainam and Aleph. Remember in our Mishnah, we said that there were 10 Sukkos. So that's actually subject to a Machlokas Rishonim, uh, Machlokas Tanaim. Here's what the Gemara says Tanah Rabban, and the rabbis have taught us. Uh, in the Tanoim. Eser Sukkot Ushnei Masar Mil and Hayu Divir Rameir. is the same as our Mishnah. There were 10 Sukkos and there was a gap of 12 mil from the base of Mikdash until the Tzuk until the cliff. That's Shita number one. Shita number two, Rabbi Huda Omer, no, there were not uh, 10 of them. Tesha Sukkos Vasar Milan. 
there was only nine sukkos, and there was only uh, 10 mil, a little bit of a shorter distance. It was actually only five sukkos, and there were 10 mil from the base of Mikdash to the Tsukhayu. And for his shita, because because we still had an Isra of Tchum, of, tchum, of him walking that far, you had to put an Eruv between each of the Sukkot because every meal was approximately 2,000 Amos. 2,000 Amos is 3,500 feet or so, 4,000 feet. It's about three-fifths or four-fifths of a mile. And uh, that's too far to walk. So what they would do is if the Sukkot were, were if there were only five uh, Sukkot over 10,000, over, if there were only five Sukkot over 10 mil, so that means that they would need to insert a ruven along the way, a ruve tchumen, food along the way, like we've learned about in Masechus Erevin, to ensure that they weren't violating tchum Shabbos in the language we used back in that Masechta, they would be kona shvisa. You can walk uh, outside of a living space, 2,000 amos, which is one mil. So that's the math here, is that if you have five um, sukkos and you have 10 mil, so that means that the gap is too big. The gap is two mil. An American is 3,500 3, to 4,000 feet. Every mil is three-fifths of a mile. That's called a Tchum Shabbos. But it doesn't mean you can't walk that far in the city. I, I walked to Skokie to do bristles. Well, we walk all the time on Shabbos. The problem isn't the 2,000 Amos. It's 2,000 Amos outside of the city limits from the last house. So that doesn't apply within a city. Like, I mean, you'd really, you'd have, I don't even know where you'd have to like, walk. I don't even know where you'd have to walk in Chicago. Where is there a, just yeah. desert, it's, and you'd have to walk a crazy distance. Forest, Forest preserves, maybe. Bakoshi Rav, maybe. I'm not even sure that's true. Maybe. Because that's a car pay, if that's its own, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's not very common. Either way, according to Rabbi Yossi, he says that they put Erev in it. And Amar Rabbi Yossi, Sachli Elazar Beni, my son, told me, You're putting in a Reuben. Why do you need five? Like, you'd even come up with a math equation where we would only need two Sukkos. The end of the brisa, and these are the three shitas in regards to what the distance was and how many sukkos there were between the Beis Hamikdash and the tzuk and the cliff. Who holds uh, like the following brisa, namely which of the tanaim that we just saw holds like the brisa which we are about to see? What does the brisa say? Except for the last one, where they would not walk with him to the cliff. That is like the shita of Rav Meir. Rashi here explains why it doesn't fit like the other shitas. That brings us to the two dots halfway down on Samach Zayin, Amad Aleph. It says the Gemara, Al kol sukkah v'sukkah, omrim lo harimazon umayim. So it says the Gemara, Tana me'olam lo hutzrach adam l'kach. Come on, it's, what are you guys talking about? It's Yom Kippur. Like, what are you, what are you worried about? What, you're gonna, all of a sudden you're going to eat food on Yom Kippur? No, it, well, it had nothing to do with that. Ella says the Gemara, She'ino dome mi she'yesh lo pasbesalo, Misha ain't no paspasalo. Your psychology is different just knowing that there's an option. Knowing that if God forbid you were so ill that you couldn't help yourself, knowing that there's an option gives a person a sense of calm. This idea is reflected in the world of Hilchos Nida. The postkim discussed it that we say that uh, that why are a husband and wife are allowed to be biyichud? You're not allowed to have Tash Mishamita. Mishamita. So we say that it's allowed because it's paspasalo. The halacha is that because you know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that at some point the woman is going to go to the mikvah. And at that point, the couple would have a mitzvah to be together. So with paspasalo, he understands. His psychology is more calm about it here too, in a completely unrelated context. That's why they said there's water and there's food to let him know that uh, that sense of calm. Says the Gemara a little bit more than halfway down. And we said that he ties half of it on a rock. 
says the Gemara, why do you have to tie any of it on the animal? You're putting some of it on the rock, tie all of it on the rock. It's much easier to see if the thing turns white if it's up there with you instead of down there in the bottom of a, in the bottom of a canyon. So says the Gemara, cave in the mitzvah, b'seir, because there's a mitzvah on the seir, dilma, kadimu malbin, umesva daite. There's a mitzvah to push the seir down. And what we're afraid of is that maybe he'll get kapara because of the seir lashem that's having the zrika sadam. That's the ikar of what's going on. And maybe all of a sudden the crimson would turn to white. And if that was true, then maybe you wouldn't push the animal down, uh, down the valley. Dilma, kadim, umalbin, umesva daite. Maybe he won't push the animal down. Fine. So says the Gemara, if that's the case, uniktare kula ben karnav. Why then would you put any of it on the rock? Put all of it between the horns. That makes more sense if you're concerned about that, says the Gemara. The problem is that zimnin de gomishla the reshe The concern is that when the animal is falling, maybe as a form of protection, it will tuck his head down in between its legs. And it would then be very difficult, its front legs, and it'll never be very difficult to see what color the ribbon is. So what we needed is to split the ribbon, some up here, some down there. We didn't want to put it all on the rock because we were afraid you wouldn't push the animal off. We didn't want to put it all on the animal because we were afraid that maybe you wouldn't be able to see it when, it when it fell all the way down the mountain. Therefore, we do half and half. Sorry, what's the timing of uh, Pretty instantaneous, seemingly. It could have happened even before the animal was pushed down because the Seir Lashem was having this Rikas Hadam. But, but we also had a mitzvah to push the animal off. So it was all happening in pretty tight uh, timing. Uh, it's hard to say in minutes what it was, but, uh, but in the, whatever happened, the amount of time that it took for them to walk those 12 mil, 10 mil, however far it was, what is that? 12 mil is about 75% of 12 miles. It's about nine, it's a really long walk. You know, you're talking three hours of walking. It's not a short walk, you know? So I don't know how they timed it. But, uh, you know, it's uh, not so simple. And not so simple how they timed it, but that's, uh, you're talking a good couple of hours. Taner Rabbanon, two-thirds from the bottom of the page, the Brisa speaks about this idea about uh, where they tied the Zahuris, this, this crimson ribbon. Uh, so says the Gemara in the Brisa. Initially, what they did is they had this crimson ribbon on the outside wall of the Ulam, in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach. And Hilben Hayusmechen, if it turned white, Lavan, if it became white, then everyone was thrilled, though Hilben Hayuatsevenumisbaishan. And if it didn't turn white, then everyone would be very sad and they were they would be embarrassed. Like we we didn't even deserve it. It was Mamashapasak and Chumash that we were going to get Kapara. And we didn't get Kapara. That's embarrassing that we didn't even get the guarantee from a Baruch Hu. So then at that point, because people were getting so emotional about it, he's kinushi koshrin al pesach bifnim. They're like, fine, let's not hang it so publicly. Let's hang it privately. So they hang, they hung this inside the, the ulam, inside the antechamber, the very, very large doors, 40 tall, 20 wide. They hung it on the inside. The problem is that uh, we're Jews. We found out a way to figure out what it looked like even in that room. They'd keep looking in and they would still try to see what color the ribbon was. Um, if it turned white, they were thrilled. It was going to make them very sad if it wouldn't turn white. So then he's kinusha she yihyu koshrin oso chatsio besela vechatsio bein karnov. So this is, according to the Gemara, the evolution of how it got to the point that we had our custom to tie the ribbon half in between the horns and half in on the on the rock at the uh, at the top of the cliff. Amar of Nachum bar Papa mishum Rebelazar akapar. He had the opposite of the previous brisa. They didn't first hang it at the outside of the ulam. They first hang it in, hung it in the inside of the ulam. Once the sayer got to the midbar, then it would turn white. Then they knew that the mitzvah was done. Uh, so that's just a different price of speaking about the, the same idea. 
but this b'risa was a little bit different because this b'risa says that they would put the zahuris inside the ulam and not outside. That brings us to the two dots, four lines from the bottom of the page. Says the Gemara, the animal wouldn't have even fallen halfway down until its bones were all shattered all over the place. Of course, the halachist is going to look at that and say, hey, wait, is there an isr hanah on that animal? That's the halachic mind, right? Can we sell it? It's very profitable. Don't you want the animal? Don't you want a part of the animal, a, a, a bone, with which we got kapara? That sells on the market. That's a supply and demand. There's a very, very small supply, very, very large demand. And economics, that means you can sell it for a mint. So that was the Gemara's question over here. Says the Gemara, Was there any iser hana with the body parts of the seir la'azaza that was pushed down the cliff? This is the machlokas between them. Some say yes, some say no. The one who says that it's mutter is dechsiv bamidbar. It says that it's by by the midbar. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi dibur hamaschal dechsiv bamidbar. The who it's extra words, the midrash to be darshan midbar that the animal parts are hefker just like the midbar is hefker. Therefore, there's no iser of hana because it's like the midbar. Top line of Samachzayin According to the Shita Niamurayim, who says that you're not allowed to get hana from the parts of the Sir Lazazal after it's been pushed down. That's because the Gzera, the pasuk says when love al eretz and the word gezera implies that it's up to the negative, that you're not allowed to benefit from it. Uman de Amar is surin, according to the one who says that you're not allowed to benefit from it, what does he do with the other person's pasuk? What does he do with the pasuk? Hi midbar, my avilay. So it says the Gemara, he needs it for something else. He needs it for the following brisa, namely, he still holds that it's aser. He still holds that it's aser to benefit from the seir la'azazel in any way. And what does he do with the word midbar? Because the Pasuk says the following, hamidbara, hamidbara, and bamidbar. Three different references to the word hamidbara, the rabos, no vigivon, shilo, ubeisolamim, to teach us that there were applications of the seir la'azazel in three different locations, in Novin givon, and in shilo, and in Beis Olamim, the first two were locations of the Mishkan. And the third was where the Beis HaMikdash was. In all three of those cases, we had applications of Seir Lazazel. So you don't, you can't tell me that the word Hamidbara or Bamidbar is to tell me that it's mutter to get benefit from the Seir Lazazel once it's fallen down the cliff. That drush is already used for something else. So this is a very, uh, a very strong approach for the opinion that says that it's usher to get Hanah because the other Pasuk was used for something else. Asks the Gemara five lines down on Samach Zainam at Beis Ve'idach, according to the other Shita Haig Zera, my Avila, you who say that it's mutter because of the word Bamidbar, so then what about the other Shita's word? The other Shita said that the word Gzera came to teach us that you're not allowed. So how do you how do you work it up? Says, says the Gemara Salazmi, we have a we have a brisa that speaks about the word Gzera in the Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say uh, the word Gzera means? The Pasuk read, El, uh, El Eretz Gezeira. What does that mean? The Bryce writes six lines down. Gezeira, ain't Gezeira El Chatucha. It has to be cut from the land. It can't be a slope. It has to be cut like a cliff. You have to look over and look straight down. No slopes. Got to be straight down. No, it means that the Gezeira wasn't a reference to the cliff. It was a reference to 
uh, what would happen to the animal when it would roll down. The type of, uh, of, um, of drop that would cause for cutting of the animal. This is a big hashkafa gemara. Big hashkafa gemara. Says the gemara, no. The word gzera here is from the word like, like gzera, like Hashem is making a gzera decree. You might say, oh, what, what is this ridiculous thing? You're pushing an animal down a cliff. All of a sudden, everybody gets kapara. So people might have said that, that well, what's going on here? There's no time of the cry here. So it says the Gemara, Atam Lomar Ani Hashem. Therefore, the Pasuk says, I am Hashem. <coughs> what does that teach us? Ani Hashem Gizarti, You're right. There are things that you won't understand about the Torah, and that's how it's supposed to be. Kodesh Baruch Hu is in charge. We do our best. We have feeble minds. We don't understand everything. That's why we have to keep halacha up, even when we can't fathom what that halacha is. Because we don't understand everything. We're looking as little children up at, up at Tati, who's like super bright, right? So we don't understand. <coughs> and therefore, the word gzera is used in one of these three ways. That answers our question. We said, according to the Shito, it says that it's mutter to get hana um, from the Sir Lazazel that fell, what do they do with the word of Gezero, which should have been to the negative? It should have been that, therefore, you're not allowed to benefit from it. So you say that word Gezero has one of three different uses, either that the cliff has to be Chatucha, or that the animal has to be Gazer, has to get cut on the rocks, or know that it's a Gezero from a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Omar Rava, Rava says, how do we paskin? We saw the Machlok HaSamoraim, Rav and Shmuel. We don't know who said what, but we want to know how to paskin. Rav, a couple of generations later, he says, It seems to be that the halacha should be that it's mutter to get hanam. So you could imagine that there's a scramble. You know, it's like the kids when there's an ufra. They're throwing candies, all the kids are grabbing all the parts. They, they, these are the, these are the, these are, this is the booty from the, from the ufra. So here, people were allowed to take it. It seemed to have been mutter. Why does Rava say it's mutter? Because lo amra Torah shalach letakala. There was nothing that should have been negative about sending this animal. It should have only been positive. The whole point of sending the animal azazel was to give us kapara. And we're not going to throw a, a negative halacha into it. It's all, it all should be mutter. Tanu Rabban and the rabbi taught us, what's with the word azazel? What does that even mean? So we have, a, we have a modern parlance of the word Azazel, but what does it mean in the Torah language? So it says the Gemara, from the word Az and from the word El. Az meaning strong and El meaning strong, two different words of strong, that the rocks that need to be Az Vikasha, very, very sharp and strong rocks. Yachol Yishuv, maybe... Maybe we could have done this if there was a cliff in a residential area, says the Gemara. No, Tamalomar Bamidbar has to be a place that's desolate. Uminayin Shibitsuk, how do we know that it has to be at a cliff? Tamalomar Gzera? Okay, so that's how we explain the word Azazel. Tanya Idach, what about, about the word Azazel? Kasha Shebeharim, it has to be the strongest of all of the mountains. The Chainu Omer Ves Eleh Haaretz Lakach. Eleh, from the word El, again, strong, uh, from the strongest of. The uh, from the of all of the mountains, Ale from the word El from Azazel. It has to be that mountain that is very strong. Tana de Rabbi Shmuel Azazel Shemechaper Al Maise Uza Ve Azazel. There's a story in the Torah. The Torah tells us that there were Malachim uh, that came down and they were Mishamish Mitasam with uh, with Jewish women. So the Rashi Al Torah quotes uh, that it was actually people, but here the Gemara is referencing the idea that maybe it was not. Take a look at Rashi about 15, 12 to 15 lines down. Dibur Hamaschel Uzava Azael says Rashi, Malachi Chabala, Shiyardul Arts Bime Naama, Achos Tuvalkain. 
What does the Pasuk say? Let's go back in the Gemara. That Uzzah and Uzael are what are, are and Azael are what are being described by the word Azazel. And therefore we know that the Azazel was Mechaper for Arayos. The language of Azazel was a play on the names of Uzzah and, and Azael, and they did Arayos. So we therefore see that the Kapara of the Azazel is for Isur Arayos. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis taught us, as mishpatai ta'asu, what does that pasuk mean that you should keep my mishpatim? What's a mishpat? A mishpat is dvarim she'el male lo nichtavu, din hu she'ichtavu. That even if there was a halacha in the Torah that wasn't written, I logically could have come to the conclusion that it should have been written. Ve'eluhein, here are the things that are logical. Avodas kochavim, ve'giloi arayos, u'shvichus tamim, ve'gezel u'birkas Hashem, many of which are found in the list of the Sheva Mitzvos b'nei Noach. Eber Minachai is missing. Uh, what other one is missing? It's uh, Gezel and Gileras. What? And Beistin, right. Those are missing. Why aren't those listed here? That's a good question to ask, uh, to contrast with the Gemaras in Sanhedrin about the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noah. Nevertheless, these five are here. Uh, and that, those are considered the logical ones. Uh, that's a famous Brisa in the Medrash. I think the Medrash writes about this, that somebody asked her, Mayor, how do you know that there's a creator? So he gave them some mashal. If you take a piece of paper and if you take... And if you take ink and you put it in a box and you shake it up and all of a sudden you have a poem. Come on, like, what are you talking about? The human condition is so complicated. You know, we're communicating with one another. I have a thought in my head and I'm moving my lips and making sounds and using eye contact and hand. I'm not even thinking twice about it. So we communicate in a remarkable way. The body is so sophisticated that it should be obvious that there's a Borei Olam. And therefore it should be obvious that you shouldn't do Avodas Kochavim. It's one thing to sin because you have a Yetzirah. It's a whole other thing to sin because your Ashkafas are messed up. That's very different. That's very different. The Gemara is saying that this should be a din. It should be logical that Avodas Kochavim, Gilarash, Vichos Davim, Gezel, and Birkas Hashem are all rational. What about Eschu Kosai Tishmeru? What about the chukos? What's a chok? So it says the Gemara, Dvarim satan And these are things that the satan will say like, come on, these things don't make sense anyways. Why would you bother? They're irrational. What are these examples? Who cares if it's split hooves? Who cares if it chews its cut? This one, we could easily uh, come up with our own uh, lack of knowledge, wool and linen. Well, what's the difference? We take our suits, we get them checked under a microscope. The chalitza yevama, the chalitza. Have you ever been to a basin? They have this special leather shoe that's done for chalitza. Why is it done that way? Vitaras mitzora, this complicated process of the mitzora with out of the camp and all the different korbanos and the zrikas adam. Viseir hamishtaleach. And this is our example that the Gemara brings. Of course, the Gemara brought this because one of the explanations of the word gzera one of the explanations was to say that is it's Xeris HaMakom. You can't understand it. It's impossible. The Shema Tomar, one might therefore have said about all of these things, Maisa Tohuheim, maybe all of these things are just uh, ridiculous. Excuse me, Hashem. Maybe that's what the Gemara is saying, that, that maybe we would think that they're ridiculous. Talmud Lomar Ani Hashem. Ani Hashem Chakaktiv. I'm the one who made these. Smart as we may be, we are not able to fathom a Kodesh Baruch Hu. We are not able to comprehend on that level. Says the Gemara, almost two-thirds of the way down on Samach We said that the Mishaleach, the person who would bring out 
the animal to uh, be pushed off the cliff, that he would become tummy. So in our Mishnah, we quoted a machlokes about that. At the end of our Mishnah, on the top of Samach Zayin and Aleph, we said that the Tanakhama held that it's when he left, left the walls of Yerushalayim. And according to Reb Shimon, when did he become tummy? When he pushed the animal off the cliff. So now let's analyze all of these shitas. Uh, the rabbis have taught us. Only the person who is uh, accompanying the actual animal becomes tame, but not the one who accompanies the one who accompanies the animal. So let's say I'm walking the animal and you want to walk with me. Only I, be- only my begotten become tame, not yours. How do we know this? Uh, oh, sorry, it doesn't, doesn't say how we know this, but it does say that that's the din. Maybe we could have said that when do you become Tamei in your Begadim? It's not when you leave the Chomas of Yerushalayim. It's when you leave the Azara of the Beis HaMikdash. You have to be in the process of, of Shlichus. When you're still in the Beis HaMikdash, you haven't done your Shlichus yet. You haven't gone anywhere. You have to actually be B'derach Shlichus. So the, the first threshold that you're going to pass of significance is Chomas Yerushalayim. If what you're saying is that you have to be trapped traveling, then maybe we should assume, like, like Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah, that the only time you become Tame, that your begotten become Tame, is when you push the animal off the cliff. How does this work out? Yehuda aligns with the Tanakam of our Mishnah, that halachically speaking, when do we say that the person who's, who's accompanying the animal to the... Uh, to the tzuk, to the cliff, that he that his begotten become tamei. That's when he leaves Yerushalayim. Reb Yosi Omer Azazel Bekibes. These two words, the pasuk says these two words. Ad It's only until you get to that place. When you get there, even without pushing the animal, your begotten are going to become tamei. Reb Shimon Omer Vehamishalech Es Hasayir Lazazel Yechabes Begadav. Only the Mishalech when he sends it to Azazel Zaraka Bevasroshim Betamei Begadav. So these are the three shitas. Our mission only quoted two shitas. Here we added in the shita. Uh, the middle shita was Rabbi Huda. Nope, it was Rabbi Yossi. Uh, so the three shitas are our Mishnah and Rabbi Huda, who say that it's when the person accompanying the Sir Lazazel would walk through the threshold of Rishalayim outwards, then he would become Tame. The shita Rabbi Yossi is that when they would get to the cliff, he would be, his begotten would become Tame. And the final shita Rabbi Shimon is that he would only become Tame when he would actually push the animal off. That brings us to the Mishnah 10 lines from the bottom of Samach Zayin. And we're going to go one more. Amud says the Mishnah as follows. Balo Esel Par now he's already done the par v'seir. He's finished with the avod of the par and the seir. And they just did the seir mishtalech. We're moving along in the process. Good. That's all in the rear view mirror now. And says the Gemara hanisrafin. Doesn't mean that they are burnt because we haven't burnt them yet. All we know so far is that they did zrika sadam. We're not going to burn the seir mishtalech. No one's going down there to get it. The only animal we're going to burn is the seir lashem and the par. Hasn't been burnt yet. When it says hanisrafin, it means that it will be burnt. Kiran vehotzias emurehen. We would cut open the animals and take out their innards. The sun and bimegis. We'd put the innards into a uh, container. Vehiktiran algabe amizbech. And they would be maktir. They'd be burnt up on the Mizbech, the Gemara is going to question this because the later Mishnah says that we did that. What does this mean? We'll see soon. Kilan ben Miklaos, we would be tying together uh, some of the innards of these animals. We would see on the base asrefa, and they would also be brought out to the base asrefa. Not to be confused with the last sugya being metame begadim. The last sugya being metame begadim was the person who accompanied the animal to be thrown off of the cliff. This is talking about something else. This is talking about the srefas hapara, the burning of the animals 
animals of the par and the seir of Yom Kippur, that person also became tummy when that's a machlokas. Says the Gemara, two shitas again, Tanakam and Rib Shimon. When the person would leave the Azara, because these animals were burned, as we'll analyze shortly on So that's shita number one. And Rib Shimon Omer, no, it's not when you go out of the Azara, it's when you're already out of the Azara in this place to do the Srefa of the Seir La Hashem and the Par. In that place, once the fire has uh, begun to take a hold on most of the animal, so then that's when you become, that's when the person would become Tameh and Begadim. Says the Gemara, what do you mean, the Hiktiran? You're, you're not allowed to, this is not the time to do the Haktara of the Emurin. We are going to see a Mishnah later in the Masechta that we do the Haktara of the Emurin. So what is this Mishnah even talking about? Says the, Mishnah, the, says the Gemara, five, six lines from the bottom of Samach Zayin, Amad Beis, Viktiran Salka Daitach, this is the wrong time, we're not there yet. To get it ready for, not to be actually burning it right now, but so that you will be able to burn it. Very good. Kilan bimiklaus, you were tying it in knots. What kind of knots were we tying? Amar of Yochanan, kimin klia, like the braid. We saw this earlier, this language of klia. I don't remember what Masech, we've seen it two or three times, that klia is a, the language of a braid. Tana, the Mishnah writes, Lohaya minatchan nituach basar ola. These animals of the par shalyomakipurim uh, in the seir lashem were not cut up like an ola. Ella, the skin was left on. In regards to an ola, there was hafshata. First, you'd skin the animal. And it's very difficult to skin animals. We had to do that in a bio lab. It's very, very difficult. So this was a whole process. But they only did that by an ola. They didn't do it here. Here, by the par of Yom Kippur and the Seir Lashem, they did not skin the animals. Ella, three lines from the bottom, or al-gabe basar, the, the skin stayed on these animals, which was unique. How do we know this to be true? How do we know that the animals were not skinned? Detanya, the Brysa writes, Rebbe, Omer Ne'em, Arkan, Oru, Basar, Perish. Here we have a Pasuk that speaks about the skin and the flesh and the innards, the, the feces of the animal. And it says later, uh, by the par Kohen Mashiach, which was a special korban that the Kohen would bring if there, if he had did a Navera. And there too, it also says, or Ubasar Uperish. So what does that mean? Top of Samaches, Samaralev says the Gemara, Malahalan al Nituach, just like over there by the par Kohen Mashiach, the animal was cut into pieces without it being skinned. Afkan al Nituach, here too, by our case of the par and the Seir Lashem, the animals that were used for the Hakrava of the um, of the Yom Kippurim that they were cut without having been skinned. Says the Gemara Bahasim How do we know that by the par Kohen Mashiach that in that case, how do we know that in that case the animals were not skinned? You, it's great that you learn from one place, but that place needs a source too. Says the Gemara Detanya Bekirbo Pirsho It seems to be that you took them out together. Kirbo Upirsho. The innards and the, fe- the feces, they were all still in place. You didn't take them out of the body. Were you really, you, you burned the whole thing in, in one fell swoop, just you ju- dropped the whole animal in? No, it says, It does need to be cut. It was cut in its appropriate limbs at the appropriate places, but it was not skinned. That was the difference. Maybe we should have learned the other way. Maybe in other circumstances, we know Yudei have shade, maybe Afkan al Yudei have shade. Talmud Lomar bekirbo pirsho ma Talmud. How do we understand the words bekirbo pirsho? Amar Rav Papa kishem shepirsho bekirbo kach besar beoro. Just like we had the innards inside the animal, so too uh, we had the flesh inside its skin. 
very unique, that we would take the pyre and the seir, we would prepare them by cutting them, but we would not skin them like, like we would other korbanos. The par of Yom Kippur and the seir lahashem would be uh, would be burned but they would be burned only uh, with their skin on. Granted, cut into the appropriate cuts, right? But it was always with their skin on. That brings us to the two dots, a quarter of the way down on We said in our Mishnah, when does the person who's taking out these animals to get burned, the par and the seir Hashem of Yom Kippur, when does this person become Tameh? We saw Machlokas in our Mishnah. Tan Rabban and the rabbis are going to explain the first Shita, the Shita of when, uh, the Shita of the Tanakama, seven lines from the bottom on Samach Zayin Amud Beis. And he said there, Let's explain. Tan Rabban and the rabbis taught us, You have to go out of the camp and burn the animal. Lahalan in regards to the parakoin Mashiach, Atanos Elan Shalosh Machanos. You have to take it out of, outside of three camps. The Kana Tanos But here the Pasuk says, Yotzi al Nichutz Machane in the singular. Seemingly, you only have to take it out of that. That's not even correct. So, therefore, what does the language mean? We know we can't do the Sreifa inside the Machana Leviya. Right? There's three camps. There's Machne, Kahuna, Machne, Leviya, and Machne Israel. The Pasuk here says, Yotzi al Nichutz Machane. You only have to take it out of one camp. So says the Gemara, that's not true. It has to be out of three. So then what did the Pasuk mean when it said out of one camp? Once you've left the Kahuna, namely, once you've left the Machana Shechina of the Beis HaMikdash, then Metamen Begadim. And this explains the Shita of our Tanakama. The Tanakama said here, when do you become Tami? Right when you leave the Beis HaMikdash. That's exactly what we said over here in this case. And we proved it. Um, we proved it from the from the fact that the pasuk said Yotzi on the chutzah in the singular. We know the sreifa didn't take place immediately outside there, and that it was done in the machane levi. It was done outside of even the machane Israel. So why did the pasuk say such a such a strange thing of machane achas? Well, why did it say chutzah in the singular to teach us that the the tumas begadim kicked in? Even though the Srefa hadn't kicked in, Tumas Begadim kicks in right when the Kohen takes the par and the Seir Lahashem outside of the Mikdash. The Hasam and how would we know that by the par Kohen Mashiach that it was Michutz Lashalosh Machanos? The Tanya, the Pasuk says over there, Vahotzi, Eskola, par Chutz Lashalosh Machanos. You got to take out the animal outside of all three camps. So maybe we should say it's only outside of one camp because what does the Pasuk actually say? The Pasuk reads, it doesn't say how many machanos. We gave the drasha when we just read this above. The drasha is a little different. The drasha says, Vahotzi es kol hapar. And we said, Chutz l'shalosh machanos. How did we know that? Ata Omer, you might say, Chutz l'shalosh machanos. So, ain't no chutz l'machne achas. Maybe we should have said, by the par coin, uh, by the par coin, Mashiach, that the sreifas, that the tumas begadim, uh, yeah, the tumas begadim kicks in. Uh, that the that the burning of the animal can, can can be done outside of three. Maybe it can only be done it can even be done outside of one camp. Says the Gemara. No, we have extra psukim that we can learn from. Kshehu Omer When it speaks about the par halam davar shel the pasuk says al michutz But we don't need that pasuk. Shein Talmud Lomar. Why don't I need that pasuk of al michutz lamachane? Sharekvar nemar v'sarafos okasher sarafos apara rishon. Because the pasuk already told me what to do, and I already know what to do. Therefore, we have those extra words, and therefore matzam olomar al michutz lamachane. What do we do with those extra words? Says the Gemara. Liteim lamachne shnia to teach us that it's not only machne kuhuna, but even in machne levia. You're not allowed to burn the uh, Parko and Mashiach. And then we have still another push 
to get us out of even the third machana, the machana Yisrael. When the Pasuk says, when the Pasuk says that, also, I don't need that Pasuk. Why don't I need the Pasuk that says, because we already know the location. I don't need you to give me a Pasuk that says, oh, so therefore, that teaches us that uh, the uh, the Parkoin Mashiach can't be even in the third camp that Sreifa has to happen outside of all three camps. But all of that was to explain the sheet of the Tanakama. Tanakama and our Mishnah said that a person, his begadim will become Tameh when he leaves the Beis HaMikdash. What about the Shita that we saw in our Mishnah, the last line of the Mishnah on the bottom of Samach Zayin and Beis, Reb Shimon says it's only when the animal has mostly caught fire, says the Gemara. Reb Shimon, you who hold that the animal, that the that the person taking out the parts of the animal that is begadim only become Tameh when most of the animal has caught fire, if that's true, then what do you do with the Pasuk? Hai michut samachanem, my avidlei. What do you do with the Pasuk from which the Tanakama learns specifically that you're, you get Tumas Begadim the second you leave the Machana Shechina? Uh, how do you learn that Pasuk? He says, don't worry about it. Reb Shimon needed that Pasuk of Michutz uh, for the following. Rebbe Lazar Omer Ne'emarkan Michutz We have one Pasuk that says over here by the par and the seer that it has to be Sreifa, has to be outside of the Machana. And Ne'emar Lahalan by para Dumar also says Michutz Lamachana. Makan Chutz Lashalosh Machanos. Af Lahalan Chutz Lagemel Machanos. Just like by one, it has to be done to the east. We know the Parah Aduma was done to the east of the Beis HaMikdash. Remember, we did all the math a couple of weeks ago, where you'd stand on the east and you had to see into the Heichal. Were you looking over the wall? Were you looking at the top part of the door and peering in a little bit? But the Mizbech was in the way. Those were some of the discussions we had then. And that's how Reb Shimon uses the drasha. And therefore, both Rav Shimon and the Tanakama can maintain their sheath as they have strong enough marimakomos to withstand uh, the challenges of the Gemara. We'll stop here at the bottom, the last line of Vera Bonan. We'll pick up on Shabbos. Um, we will learn Daf Samaches and and Daf Samachtes. They are a big blot. Daf Yomi on Shabbos is going to be earlier than usual. Normally, we're one hour before Mincha, but because Rabbi Friedman Shlita is going to be here and he's giving two shiurim, Daf Yomi is going to be at 540 on Shabbos, and Rabbi Friedman's two shiurim, one will be at 630 and one will be. Um, at some point after that. Wishing you all a beautiful night.